Jade is trying to get a little tipsy before <laughs> before sharing her soul with the world. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I should have got a straw. Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. Jade is in the house. Jade, welcome to the podcast for the first time ever. Oh my gosh, Jade, thank we are you. so happy to have you. And I'm super excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. We've got our wine, we've got our shitty internet, and we've got our microphones. And that's really all we need to get this party started. Amen. I love it. How's everyone doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. I'm good. Maybe how are you is not a good question. Like, What was like your best part of your day today? I sent cookies to my coworker who started his new position today. So that was fun. Nice. What kind of cookies were they? Have you ever heard of Tiff's treats? Oh my gosh. I always get people Tiff's treats too. They're bomb. So I've never heard of that. I think it's, I think it's a Southern company. They're, Mm -hmm. They're around Nashville and stuff. Yeah. I think they started in Austin, but they're like the best cookies ever. And so even though he was on a diet, he was super excited. That's (laughs) so nice. I know he was probably like, I hate you, but I love you as well. Right. (laughs) Natalie, what was the best part of your day? I worked outside for like most of this morning and I'm in Tahoe. I don't know, the sun's shining down the trees. It was just a nice way to start the day off with my cup of coffee. And then my friends that were staying with us bought us a really nice breakfast. And that was awesome, honestly. Smalls, what about you? I'm house-sitting right now. I told you guys that earlier. And I'm house-sitting because there is a cat. His name's Gaston. And every time I say his name, I'm like, Gaston! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't sit normally. I don't know why. And he's been pretty scared of me since I got to the house last night. He's kind of just like, what are you doing in my house? Like, what's happening? And when I got home from the gym today, he like came running to the door and he like started cuddling with my legs and rubbing up against the side of me. And I was like, Gaston, you're so sweet. (laughs) We're friends now. I know. So I do feel good about that. He's still not eating, which is kind of problematic and scary, but I think he's just trying to figure out where his parents went. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the best part of my day. Jade, you've never been on a podcast before. So this is like super new and exciting. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about gifting yourself grace. And so I thought it would be, before we dive into Jade's story and the theme of today's episode, I thought it'd be a good idea to do a little round robin about just a time that we gifted ourselves grace this week. So something that's top of mind, something that happened this week. Yeah. And Natalie, do you want to start off? I had a call. So I live with this woman named Lucy in Yuma. She's a psychic medium. She's been wanting to like have a conversation with me the past few weeks because I've been really going wild up here, like just obviously enjoying nature, but enjoying drinking and going out also a little too much. So she could just like sense that. And she was like, we need to have a phone call. And she kind of railed into me a little bit, which is totally fine because I can handle it. I was pretty, you know, upset with myself at first after the call, just like, wow, I've been like really going off. So I just kind of like sat down with myself and just did some yoga and just like, you know, you're doing like what you can and you know where you want to go and you just needed to like have some time and space to enjoy life a little bit because you've been living in Yuma with 
pretty much not a lot of people around you. So I kind of just had to reground myself and because we can be, we're our own worst critic and it's easy to be really hard on ourselves, especially when, when we feel like we're not doing a lot. And so I just kind of had to, to ground myself back into being like, you know, you're doing like the best that you can. You're fine. You're okay. Everything will work out. That's awesome. It's nice that you have a friend in your life that can push you a little bit and challenge you when you need Mm -hmm. to be challenged. Jade, how about you? I think since I'm back in the office, it's been a struggle. I maybe or may not have fallen asleep at my desk, but you know, just like giving myself that, you know, like, it's like, Hey, you've been furloughed for four months. So it's okay that, you know, you're struggling to get back into that routine in the office and, you know, just, you know, being easy on myself because I'm always like, trying to like live up to my own standards and trying to be a perfectionist, which I'm trying to get rid of those things, but it's a process. So it's a day-to-day thing, I guess. Yeah, totally. feel that. I love that. I feel like probably a lot more people are struggling with that than we know having so much time of not working and then going back to work. That's a huge change. Yes. And I was like instant, like, oh, hey, you've been off all this time. And it's like, you're Mm -hmm. back Monday through Friday, eight to five. So it's been an adjustment for sure. What about you, Malls? There's a boundary with gifting yourself grace, right? If you're doing shit over and over and over again, and you gift yourself grace every single time, and it's not, (laughs) maybe it's not a mistake, but maybe it's not necessarily something that brings you joy or makes you feel good, then that's not something you want to gift yourself grace about. What I, I bring that up because I think I struggle with that a little bit, like getting into these habits where I'm like, this doesn't make me feel that great. For instance, staying up for a couple hours past the time I want to go to bed, kind of scrolling through my phone and waking up the next mm-hmm. morning and being tired and being like, well, you really shouldn't be on your phone that much. You really should plug your phone in across the room and, but it's okay. Like, you know, you'll get there. And I'm like, well, will you? Not if you keep doing it. <laughs> so it's like, I think about right. those moments as, I give myself a lot of grace for my phone time and my screen time. And yet I think sometimes giving myself grace for that is like not the greatest strategy, but a space I did give myself grace this week was this weekend with my, my girlfriend, because I thought I had a UTI and I told her and she was like, Oh my gosh, take this pill. Like I take it all the time and it's totally fine. And, and I was like, okay. And I took it and I didn't do any research on what the pill was. And all of a sudden I like break out in hives and I have a rash Uh, all over my body. You know, the only thing I took that was like out of the norm was this pill. And all of a sudden I do a quick five second Google search. It's not the most recommended brand by the FDA. Let's just put it that way because there's a lot of side effects. And so I was up for like hours down a rabbit hole. I am like, why would I do that? Why would I like, just kind of like really like beating myself up about it. And I got to a point this is okay. You're fine. And maybe next time do a quick Google search and you'll be okay. (laughs) That is too funny. Yeah. (laughs) I know. know. And I'm still struggling with it right now. So if you see me itching like this, that's happening. I feel like I've done that before too, where someone's just like, here's something. And I'm like, oh, okay. I can go down to Mexico whenever I want and get medication. So I've just fucking slammed penicillin because I've thought I've had something and I'm like, whatever. And then I'm looking it up and I'm like, what am I doing? Someone just told me to take this who's not a doctor. And I'm like, sure thing, like penicillin, what the fuck ever. And then I'm like, whoa, oh my okay. Yeah, so like grace given and also <laughs> lesson learned. Right. Yes, For grace sure. given, lesson learned. So 
today we're going to dive into Jade's journey and talk about the importance of giving yourself grace. We're going to unpack this with Jade, obviously, and she's our new marketing partner. You probably already know that because our Instagram is so lit up. Thanks to Jade. Liddy. She's a Baylor graduate, an awesome aunt, and passionately thoughtful human. And I can attest to all of those except for the awesome aunt. So I want to ask you that. I love that awesome aunt is part of your identity. So why is that true? Well, you know, I have a niece and a nephew. It's really funny because my brother's 13 years older than me. So we weren't really close until I turned 21 and I was an adult. Yeah, they're just really good kids. I'm closer in age to my nephew, which is really funny. I just have like a really good relationship with them. I'm like the fun aunt, you know, they always come talk to me. And I think that, you know, I don't have kids of my own, a little too young in my opinion for that. I don't know how to explain it. They're just, I adore them and I think of them as like my own little babies Mm -hmm. and I take pride in both of them. They're super awesome kids. And I hope that I'm half the parent that my brother is. And I hope that my kids are just as awesome as them. That's so awesome. I love that. I do too. Jade, welcome to the podcast. Lord have mercy. Thank you. (laughs) We're so happy to have you. Jade was nervous before coming on, but... Like, obviously, it's so nerve wracking. Yeah. You know, when Natalie and I first started this podcast, we were like, yeah, we want to get other people on this podcast for sure. We want other people to tell their stories, but we want to tell our stories too. And uh, Natalie months ago told her story. I have yet to come to the table with anything that I want to be vulnerable about. So it's a scary thing. It's not easy. And as the yeah. facilitators of the Q&A, it's like way easier. You're mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like pulling out vulnerabilities and Oof. it's kind of a more fun position to be in. Whereas as the person like giving that energy up, that's exhausting and hard and scary. Yes. I already feel like I'm, you know, like being put on the spot in a good way, but like, I definitely had to go take that break and get a glass of wine because I was like, I definitely can't do this sober. So cheers to that. Cheers. To that. <laughs> cheers. Okay. So guys, like we said in the beginning, Jade has joined our team recently and we are so excited and happy about it. She's really hit the ground running. If you guys have checked out our social media lately, I mean, I'm just blown away because I don't even know how to do half the shit that she does. It's so rad. What I've been loving that she's done is she's been asking a lot of questions and just posting random things on our page. And she recently posted one about her struggles with anxiety, which I resonate a lot with. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners do. Would you just share your journey through this and where the anxiety, if you even know that it stems from? So when I was younger, my parents always described me as an anxious child. I was like always worrying about things that didn't matter um, and overthinking every small little detail, whether it was like a test or, you know, like my socks didn't like, you know, the little line in your socks that they weren't across my toes the right way. So it was just like little stuff like that. And it kind of like snowballed into high school and throughout college. I thought it was normal until I had a panic attack. I was in a mall parking lot and I started hyperventilating and I couldn't force myself to get out the car. Mm -hmm. So I called my mom crying and I couldn't figure out to drive myself home either because I was just paralyzed with anxiety and fear. So it kind of like stemmed from there, but you know, it kind of grew from early on in childhood. Um, this is hard stuff to talk about. It is. It, it is. Di- it didn't occur to me that it was hard to talk about until like we started recording. But then I was like, hey, maybe this isn't just overthinking. Maybe it's a lot deeper than that. 
so like just recently, I also realized that a lot of my anxiety stems from my existence, which that's kind of hard to realize too, because I like grew up in high school and I had all white friends and then went to college and I had like all white roommates. Being black in America and like being a black woman in America, it's like double the reason to like constantly have anxiety. I'm like always like worried about my safety, worried about the safety of my loved ones, kind of looking over my shoulder, if you will. There's like an added layer because mental health is not like a topic we talk about in the black community. It's like really taboo, even in my family. I'm the first person who was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Mm. I don't know. It's like weird. I don't have anybody to share that with. My family has had experiences in the past with anxiety too. It's just like nobody went to the doctor for it or whatever. In the Black community, we're not afforded the luxury of exploring our feelings either. We're kind of supposed to be the strong ones. So it's different. I'm very passionate about being vocal about my mental health Mm -hmm. because I know I'm not the only one who's struggling with it. So yeah. So when did shit hit the fan in your life? 2015. I was in an abusive relationship and I didn't realize it until I was actually in the midst of it. It took a trip to the emergency room to actually realize, oh, hey, you need to get out of this situation. It took me forever to realize this isn't healthy. You probably should be getting the hell out. It was crazy because it was like physically abusive. It was mentally abusive. I didn't. Woo. Okay. I'm starting over. Take a deep breath. Woo. Hi. Hey, do you know that we love you so much? I love you guys. This is like hard. hard stuff. Yeah, it is hard. So yeah, it took his roommate, like had to carry me out the house get my roommate to drive me to the emergency room. I called my best friend. I didn't even tell my parents until like a year after it happened. So I had to hang on to all of that and not, you know, like pretend everything was okay. That's when shit really hit the fan, but I tried to pretend like everything was fine and dandy. How old were you? I was 20, I think. And that was like my first serious relationship outside of high school. Like high school really doesn't count in my opinion. And it was like somebody that had met my family, somebody I thought I was going to marry, somebody that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And it kind of, I don't know, it like shook everything I thought I knew about myself, everything I thought I knew about like friends, loved ones. I like kind of avoided everybody. So like, I don't know how many like social events I missed during that time. Friends got married, you know, I had like, I lost people like, and I just couldn't show up. Yeah. It was just way too hard. And I couldn't face, because everybody's like, oh, where is your ex? It's like, you know, what happened with him? And it's like, I didn't want to go to family reunions. I didn't want to, it was just too hard to show up and kind of face it. How long were you kind of in that space for? So the relationship lasted two years, but things didn't start going downhill until like a year and a half into the relationship. And it just spiraled down so fast that I couldn't grasp what was happening. And then I'm in college. I'm, you know, trying to get a degree. I'm trying to pass classes. I'm trying to have a social life. And it was just way too much to handle all at once. 
Wow, I'm so sorry you went through that. Uh, uh, thank you. It's funny, like, talking about it now. And I'm like, how did you do all of that? You know, like, how did you manage to? And then how did you manage to hide it from everybody as well? So, which isn't a good thing. I don't recommend that, by the way. But I think this is a huge topic because I think a lot of people go through this and go through the same motions as you where they hide it because for some reason there's so much, not for some reason, there is just a lot of shame behind it of being in something like that and being in it for a long time. And we feel like when we tell people like what happened that there's shame, like, well, how, why were you doing that? Why were you with that person? Even though no one's really thinking that, like most people approach with compassion, it's just all in our own head. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to, you know, like they always say rose colored glasses. It's like, I was trying to be like a loving partner. I was trying to kind of like, he had his own struggles as well, but it was just like, you know, these are the facts of the situation and you have to kind of take it at face value. So Jade, you wrote in here that that was definitely your valley of despair moment. Yeah, that was um, definitely my valley of despair. Like I slowly lost myself. I slowly lost like my friends, like connections with my family, all my passions, like any future plans I had for myself all went out the window and I had to start over from scratch after that relationship. And I think it took being in the emergency room to realize that. So I spent the entire year doing everything to try and numb or distract myself from what I went through. So I went to school full time. I had an internship, a part-time job. I was doing independent research. I presented at Scholars Week and I studied abroad all within a year. Oh my gosh. Wow. Which some people don't even do that like in the course of four years in college. So Jade, how did your anxiety play into the relationship because I know that anxiety can is a lot of reason why people stay in relationships because they kind of rely on that person to make them like feel good or less anxious. So like talk about that for a little bit about how growing up with anxiety like affected this part of you. So this kind of like goes back to like being a black woman as well in high school. You know, it's like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl or oh, you're, you know, it's like, oh, she's okay, but I wouldn't date her because she's Black. Being in a relationship and then, like, having that potential for it to become marriage, I think I, like, kind of hung on to that because I had anxiety from dating in the past. I think that even though there were red flags that I definitely should have paid attention to, but I will give myself some grace because I was young, I think that I was just anxious to be by myself anxious to experience something new. I think that he played on my anxiety as well. Um, mm. And trying to like take advantage of that, kind of putting ideas in my head about like people that I was spending time with, like some of my girlfriends and like me being anxious because I'm thinking like, oh, maybe they're talking about me or something like that. So it kind of was a double-edged sword. What I'm hearing and what I've experienced too with anxiety is that anxiety fuels narratives that are not true. And when people do know that about you, then they can take advantage of it because they know that you're going to spin a web and you're going to spin and you're going to spin and you're going to spin until your head falls off. 
And that's scary. And that's like a lot of control and power for someone else to have over you. And then I feel like once people have that, it's really hard to take away and like center back to yourself. Yes. And I think that's kind of why, like, I kind of spent all that time by myself because I was trying to figure out, I was like, if someone would do that to me and, you know, someone would want to take advantage of someone like that, like, cause I was voted friendliest in high school. So like, I always have like the best intentions for the people around me. So I think that that made me realize like, oh, hey, everyone wasn't raised like you. I just started journaling, which has helped a lot, like to discover who I am, discover who the people around me are and trying to figure out who I need in my life and like who my soul tribe is and stuff like that. It took a while. I'll admit a long, long time, maybe (laughs) longer than it should have, but you know, we're here. We always want things to happen a lot faster than they do. And it all comes in time. Yes. And I think part of the Valley of Despair is it's a trudge. And so it's not supposed to be easy and it's not supposed to look a certain way or, and you know, I think getting out of it is similar to like, almost like in some way that all that time you spent alone was you like gravitating upwards. Like, yeah, maybe you missed social events and maybe you weren't present for some other people in your life. And you look back on those times and you wish you had been, but if you think about it, they were all puzzle pieces that were necessary to get to where you're at now. That's part of gifting yourself grace. You couldn't show up fully during those months after the fact, but that was what was necessary for you to like climb back out and like see the surface again. And I'm glad like I'm at the point where I can fully be myself and show up as myself for my friends and like my family because it's like I don't remember a time where I've been so confidently me and like secure in who I am like even though I still have anxiety and struggles and I don't know what the hell I'm doing sometimes but like you know I know who I am and I'm very proud of myself for making it this far. So what has the most rewarding part of this whole experience been through growing up with anxiety going through this relationship the aftermath of this relationship what was the most rewarding part for you? I think the most rewarding part is that I still love hard. You know, it hasn't changed anything about myself at the core. And I still have hope for the world and for people. So I'm glad that even though like I had these experiences, which may harden some people's hearts or, you know, make them change their personality, that I'm still a loving, cheerful person at the end of the day. And I think that's the biggest win through everything. Have I been through a lot? For sure. But I'm big on showing gratitude for everything, even if everything really sucks. I always think about my chemistry teacher in high school. Her name was Mrs. Jenkins. She said, life sucks and then you die. But (laughs) I'm like, hey, life has been like pretty good so far, even though some parts have been pretty shitty too. My daily mantra is super simple. I'd say thank you, God, for giving me another 24 to figure it out. So it's just like, I have another chance to, you know, explore who I am, explore who I'm like, what my purpose is in this world. A lot of people don't get the chance to have these same 24 hours or 24 hours at all. I'm just super lucky and super grateful. I think also from this experience, like I've also gained a lot of good friends, the people who like know me at my core and accept me for who I am. I have people who know that I'm like really bad at texting back, but there's like some anxiety 
based around that. But, you know, they accept that. And I'm glad to have people who don't charge me up every time I don't text back in two to five minutes. At the end of it all, I realized that I have to give myself grace. Always, always give myself grace. The same grace that I gift everyone else in my life, except myself. I need to share my that same grace with myself. These experiences like have been really shitty, honestly, right? But going through those and being able to come out the other side, all the things that you just said, you're going to be able, like just sharing your story right now, you're going to be able to help so many people. I think that we forget that when we go through things and then we are able to get out of them, that there's people standing there that have also been through those same things. And we're actually able to help out because we've been through those similar experiences. If you were speaking to anybody going through this, like whether it's anxiety or anything like that, that you've struggled with, what are like the top one to two things you would tell them? I think you have to be patient with yourself above all else because it is a process. I've been struggling for five years and I just had my first peaceful moment maybe a month ago. So it's a process, but if you want it, it's just something you have to fight for. And, you know, it's coming one day. And I also think that, you know, finding what works for you. So I was always like doodling and writing in journals as a kid. And that's something that I brought back into my life recently. And I realized that journaling helps me figure out all of my emotions, all this overthinking that stays up here in my head, putting it out on paper, helping kind of decipher that, oh, hey, maybe I shouldn't be overthinking about X, Y, and Z or something like that. I want to mention this in the beginning because this is something my mom does. You were like, oh, I'll just dance, dance it out. And I've actually heard people who are like, oh, I just need to like move. I'm just got to like move as I'm speaking about why I'm anxious. Yeah, dancing it out definitely helps me for sure. Even though like people look at me upside my head like I'm simple. I'm like, don't care. I'm going to bust a move and it's going to (laughs) make me feel better. And then sometimes you just have to say YOLO and go for it. You know, I'm a marketing professional. I'm even though we're not going to networking events in like COVID-19 air, but I would just kind of say, okay, get your wine and get your ass out there and do what you have to do. Because sometimes if you don't just rip off the band-aid, it's going to be more of a struggle if you don't go ahead and get over it. I love that too. I think anxiety has to start becoming something that is like, yeah, I have anxiety, whatever. It's something that it's not whatever, but it's going to be existent when you're going through like your life and you're going through networking events or you're going to an online community or you're going to a workshop and you're nervous. So I feel like so often because we don't talk about it, when we start to feel anxious, it's a sign of like, go back, retreat, retreat, get out of there. Like, and it's, and actually it should be like, oh, anxiety, I see you. What's up? Let's go. Like, let's go to this event. Let's go to this, whatever. And you bring it with you. I don't know if that ends up helping. Like, I'm not sure. I'm still, I struggle with it too. And I'm still learning like what that looks like. But I think if we can get to that point, that's a really good place to be in because then we're not letting it take away from our experience. We're just allowing it to exist as part of the experience. For sure. I think that helps break the patterns too. Like if you keep say it's a networking event and you're afraid of social experiences and you keep retracting back, like how are you ever going to get over it? You know, it's a pattern that you're going to keep ingraining. With anxiety, I have a fear of heights and I decided that 
when I was studying abroad, I was going to do all the things to test my fear of heights. So I went zip lining. I went, is it parasailing? The mm-hmm. one? And I just did anything to kind of challenge that. I took my first flight in 2015 because I was scared of heights. And so just like challenging that. And now I like love to travel and, you know, I realized something new about myself And then I always tell people to go to therapy too, because, you know, that person's trained to help you and figure out, you know, help you unpack the things about yourself that you may not realize. One of my favorite things that I learned in therapy is that you have anxiety. Anxiety does not have you. What does unpack the pursuit mean to you? I've been waiting to answer this question since I started working with you guys. So super excited. Unpack the pursuit for me. I have like a really huge emphasis on the unpacking part. I told you guys I recently started journaling, which has helped me like really go through every single emotion, experience, and really dive into what's happening in my life. But I think it's really just like being honest with yourself, being honest about who you are, your emotions, and accepting it at that moment. So whether you feel good or bad about it, just, you know, take it at face value. But it's also accepting who you want to be in the future and the necessity of having to unpack it, all these wild experiences before you get there. So if you keep avoiding that unpacked luggage in the closet, I promise you the stench will seep out and the seams will bust open to where it will leak into other places in your life. So you might as well start the dirty work and get it over with. But even when you're hopeless, even when you're in the valley of despair, there's a fight in all of us and you got to unpack the pursuit to be a happy, healthy you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that question is always so wonderful to me. It makes me happy to be a part of it. We're so happy that you're We're a part of our team. You. Oh my God. I love you guys. Dude, we do, we do some pretty cool shit and we have the luxury of talking to each other all the time, which is amazing Mm -hmm. because we're an amazing group of people, but we have the luxury of learning from the guests that we have on our show and learning from the listeners that listen every time we post an episode. And it's few people, we're not talking about the masses here yet, but I'm just saying like the community is tight and the community is looking for meaningful and deep relationships and communication and conversations. And that brings me so much joy. And I'm just talk about gifting grace and talk about gratitude. Like I'm full of it, full of it being on this show with you guys. I love it. Yeah. And I think now our hopes are to reach people that are going through these same things. So going back to the episode that we're recording right now with Jade, like people who have been in abusive relationships, people who have struggled with anxiety growing up, people who are from we're all from different like cultures and backgrounds, like how they have struggled with their anxiety and how that's different. Like we hope to touch those people to show that like, you're not alone and that there's a way out and that there's people here to support you. Thank you so much, Jade, for coming on and sharing your story. Being vulnerable. Thank you. You guys are like awesome. Thank you for helping me through this because I couldn't have done it without you. Mm. For those of you that want to connect with Jade, you can find her on Instagram at Jade Cole or on Twitter at Jade Fails. You can also find her on Unpack the Pursuit because she's managing our account. So if you want to say hello to her there, make sure you do. And thanks again for tuning in to Unpack the Pursuit. You guys are so awesome. And we love that you're part of this story and this storytelling journey. 
And if there's anything you'd like to hear about, or if you want to share your story, please reach out to us via Instagram at unpack the pursuit, or you can email us unpack the pursuit at gmail.com. And if you love this episode, feel free to leave us a review on Apple podcasts, ladies. Thank you. That's a wrap. Oh my gosh.